This is the On All Cylinders Podcast. Powered by Summit Racing. Your host for today is Paul Sokolis with special guest, Summit Racing's Dean Casanova, van life enthusiast. Here we go. Hey there, welcome back to another installment of the On All Cylinders Podcast. You're stuck with me, Paul Sokolis, as your host today. And I gotta be honest, this this particular episode is kind of a selfish endeavor. Um, quick backstory. Last summer, I went on a family camping trip uh, with my wife and kids to, to a big state park in southeast Ohio. And as we're going to some of the, these attractions, be it uh, you know a trailhead or, or a haunted railroad tunnel, we noticed that some of these campsites we'd pass, folks were camping out of uh, you know full-size vans. And it was really, it was really neat because they had these custom-made setups with like luggage racks on the roof, built-in mattresses inside with like roll-out kitchens and stuff. And I know on this podcast we've talked about overlanding before, but this is this is something kind of different. So when I got back from vacation to work, I started asking around the halls of Summit Racing, like, "Hey, does anyone know anything about this?" And sure enough, my guest's name came up right away, Dean Casanova. Turns out, Dean has built one of these vans and has been all over the country with it. So, uh, without any further ado, I've talked too much already. Uh, Dean, thank you for joining us on the show today. Oh, yeah. It's kind of nice to get to talk to people about it. Yeah, this is this is cool. And like I said, it's kind of a selfish endeavor because after seeing some of these custom setups, I, I really had to learn more. Um, but before we really dive into this, am I using the term van life correctly? Is van life the preferred nomenclature here? That That's what I would consider it. I mean, it's, you know, going down camping by the river, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, now, with that out of the way, uh, can you kind of explain the the nuances, the differences between overlanding and van life? Because they seem to, like, really overlap to me. Yes. I, I would consider it a different world. For us, overlanding versus van life, you know, we're just going and parking somewhere just out in the middle of the woods. Uh, I would say overlanding, you're taking those rough, rowdy insane places to get up the the trail that 90% of people can't get up to. You have to have the boards and everything else and have the winch to get there. Any place we've ever gone, we had the two wheel version and um, we never had a problem going anywhere. And we, we experienced so much stuff, but I think that the overlanding versus van life definitely overlaps, but I wouldn't be it's definitely a little bit of a different thing. Oh, okay. So um, what you're saying is, well, you may venture off-road a little bit in your van. Um, overlanding is really more of the hardcore off-road crowd, right? Yeah, we, we've gone on some pretty crazy stuff, but we've never like tried to drive up the side of a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty fair response. But uh, your van is still really well equipped. I mean, you had a mattress in there, didn't you? Yeah, we uh, have a custom-made bed, actually. I'm I'm 6'4", so a lot of people do their bed sideways to save space, but our our van was for mountain biking, so we had to fit two mountain bikes inside our van, and we wanted, we couldn't really sleep sideways, and so we got this really nice, big, long bed. It's all, it's pretty much a queen, pretty much fit inside of this thing, so that was, uh, that was pretty nice to have that when you're this tall. Well, we'll get into the specifics of your particular build in a moment, but uh, what I really want to know is what got you into van life to begin with? What made you look at this hobby and say, yeah, yeah, that's for me. I want to do that. We always joked about it. You know, we always were like, ha ha, let's, let's just get in the car and go. And we're like, we can't take everything. And then you'd see these people out on Instagram and they're like, hey, you know, we just go out and travel. And we were like, you know, let's, uh, let's just joke about it. And for six months, we joked about it. 
and we had this humongous spreadsheet of just stuff that we were like, we could do this and we could do this. And we wanted to take our dogs. So when we had our car all filled up with everything, it was hard to have the dog come with us. So that was kind of what really brought us into it is that we wanted to bring our dog along. Okay, so you started off by taking your car, but then you you kind of came to the conclusion that you needed to build a rig. So let's start there. You got an empty driveway. You need a van to fill it. How did you go about selecting the best platform to build upon? I mean, you know, the, the market's just insane. Even when we were looking, it was absolutely insane. So we were looking everywhere. There was nothing out there. And we decided we didn't really want the longest van, the biggest, longest van, because you couldn't really park in all the normal parking spots. So we decided we were going to go with the smaller van and just try that out. And it was honestly a really great thing, but we have already outgrown that. The size of our bikes and everything, we need a larger van. And I'm just scrolling through some of the pictures. Um, This is a Mercedes Sprinter van? A 144 Sprinter. Starting out, definitely great. It's it's definitely great that you can just kind of park just about anywhere. It's it's the size of a, a small truck. And you don't get kicked out of places because you're, you're stretched halfway out into the parking lot, you know? That's pretty nice. Okay, so you bring home your Mercedes 144 Sprinter van. You plop it in your driveway. What's the first van life modification you did? We started working on the bed, actually. Everybody kind of told us it wouldn't work, but we ended up riveting steel beams into the sides. And that was kind of where we, all, we started with it because we needed a bed. If we wanted to do anything, we had to have a bed. And everybody's like, you need a center support. It's not going to work. We ended up ordering some steel beams from a local place around us, and they uh, shipped those over. We got five metal beams underneath this thing, and it's perfect. I mean, we, we had two dogs and two people on there. No problem. It's honestly amazing. So the bed is actually suspended a few feet above the floor of the van? Yeah. So we actually have a big garage underneath to have our bikes inside the vehicle. That was our biggest thing is we had, I mean, mountain bikes are expensive and keeping them outside and all the crazy weather and people aren't always the greatest. Um, we wanted to have our bikes inside. Okay. So with the bed and the mountain bike thing out of the way, um, what other essentials did you look at and say, oh yeah, we got to make sure to include this stuff as well? Obviously water, water is always a kind of big thing. So we did, a lot of people will just put like a 20, 30 gallon jug in their vehicle and you have to find a place to fill it up. We ended up getting three five-gallon jugs, so like the big water jugs, because you can take those into Walmart, and I think it cost us $6 to fill all of them. You can just put them in a cart, fill them up at Walmart, and take them back out to your vehicle, which was life-saving when you're out in the middle of Arizona and, you know, you need some water. So what other van life essentials does someone need to know about? Like someone who's just kind of getting interested into this topic. What are some things that the, the big lists often overlook? A really nice seat to sit in. You're in that car or vehicle or just sitting outside. A nice camp chair. It, it goes so such a long way because like when we were working from there, you know, you're sitting out in this chair for eight hours. And as much as I want to say, oh, yeah, just get a little tiny camp chair and you can sit there. That was a big thing. And along with that, we had a full electrical system in our van, but we still bought an, it's called an EcoFlow. And having that extra portability of the battery to walk out of the van and have all that, if you can put the bigger battery in your vehicle and have two or three uh, batteries in your vehicle, 
I would say that's a humongous thing to have. But for us, being the smaller vehicle and having all the storage space for our bikes and all of our stuff, we didn't have room for three batteries. So definitely having that was a big thing. Now, I'm just still amazed about how you're able to get all of this stuff in in a 144 Sprinter. So um, can you kind of describe some of the more clever uh, storage solutions you came up with? Yeah, we we actually used the drawers, like the drawer slides. And there was just a little area on the right side next to the bikes that you just couldn't reach back there. But there was that space. And we used a drawer slide to put our helmets on and stuff so you could reach back there and pull everything to the front. It was really helpful because it was that unused space that we just we really needed to use. But it, it was it, that was one of our really nice things to have. So was all this stuff exclusively stored inside or did you have some sort of exterior cargo rack or safari basket? Or in other words, how did you utilize the outside of the van? You know, that was one of the things that if we could do it differently, we would put a rooftop deck on. I, I would love to have the solar panel on top. Because we bought a 200 watt and we would have to take it out of the van and set it on the ground. It's a lot of work. And if you just have it up there, it's it would be really nice. You're talking about a dedicated solar charging station. Yeah. We also had off the alternator a charging. So as we would drive, it would all uh, it would charge up our battery, too. So we had both features so that we never really had to worry about it dying. Now, tell us a bit about the the van life community. Um, I'm sure a lot of this information is shared, like, don't forget to bring this, or, hey, check out what I built. Is that true? Is the van life crowd kind of close-knit? We have a problem with making everybody our friend and just coming up to everybody and just saying, hey, like, oh, what'd you guys do? And and you don't want to be that awkward person who's walking up to somebody's van, but everybody's heard it. You know, everybody wants to show you their cool stuff that they did. So it's kind of nice that the van community is so open to just kind of being like, here's my awesome build. Here's what I did differently. So we've never really had a problem with anybody like, oh, you know, it's just it's a van build. (laughs) That's true for a large part of the automotive community. Everyone's eager to show off what they've been working on. Um, But in all those folks that you've talked to, what really stands out is some really cool and innovative stuff. Oh, man. You can actually just sign up and have people like if they're in the area you can have them come stay at your house. So before we moved to this new house, we actually kind of just told people, hey, you know, you want to come park in our driveway and come hang out. We did have some people who stayed with us that actually had their battery system. Instead of having it on the outside of the van, you know, with your Winnebago's and stuff, like how it's all the way on the outside, they had wired it so it came to the back. They'd open up their door and be able to plug it in and it it was pretty innovative, honestly. I was thinking about doing that whenever we get our next build. There's always little things that people have. We didn't have any windows on our, in ours. And that's the whole reason they get so hot is because, you know, that sun gets through them. So ours stayed pretty cool. But we always talked about right next to the bed to have a slide out window. That's something that a couple of our friends have and pretty envious of that. Now, if you're following along closely at home, you probably noticed that Dean is referring to this van in the past tense. Uh, and that is because he has sold it. Yep. Just about... Just about a month ago now, and it's pretty sad, and I'll tear up for that one. (laughs) (laughs) There isn't a gearhead alive that hasn't had just a tad bit of seller's remorse every time they let go of a project. So don't despair. But now that you're on the hunt for another one, and I guess this is kind of a two-part question, what are you specifically looking for? And then what would somebody that's kind of new to this hobby, uh, what should they be looking for in, in a platform to build on? Really, everything can always be fixed. Our van, when we bought it, had an engine code. 
we got a really good deal because it had an engine code and they didn't they it was sitting there for quite a while actually and everything can be fixed we we spent two months in the snow and went in the middle of the winter taking off the top half of the engine and rebuilt it but really if you're gonna go solo you don't need the humongous van we liked the fact that our bed was already set up and some people like to have that convenience in their room of you build the bed in the middle of the night you have your space during the day but for us after you get done mountain biking or going for a super long hike you literally just fall into the bed <laughs> so other than interior space what are some other things you're looking for in your next van um you had alluded to earlier that your first project was two-wheel drive are you looking for an all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive setup this time around that all-wheel drive it, it it's not really needed we've never needed needed it but to have that convenience of having it, it's comforting. You know, if you're ever out in the middle of a snowstorm and you're like, well, I guess I'm stuck here for the next three days. But yeah, we definitely want the little bit larger van being two people and two dogs and of getting a little bit larger bike for myself. They take up a lot of room. Also, we never had a shower. A lot of people think that they need the shower in their van. There was only one time when we got like the big bag thing out that hangs on the back of the van. And a lot of people put these humongous area of a shower, but there's truck stops. There's always a campsite down the road. Anybody that's getting into it. When we first started, we were questioning whether or not we'd find a spot that night. You know, you don't always know. You might have that app that tells you, hey, there's these awesome spots here. Somebody already is probably there. There's always a good chance somebody's there. And so we would book a campsite kind of close by for, you know, their five, ten dollars. That way, if there's no open spots anywhere, you would have that security of being able to go somewhere that night. Now, back to the build process for your, your first van that you put together. Were there any significant challenges? Were there any like uh, curveballs that the, the project threw you? Any time where you had to step back, take a deep breath and, and figure out how to confront a problem? The electrical. <laughs> Um, I can rebuild an engine without a problem. I don't like electrical. My fiance actually has a couple pictures of me just sitting in the van holding like seven or eight wires in my hands, just kind of like looking like this is going to work. <laughs> that was definitely something, you know, if you can find a book or it, it really, once you get it down, it, it's not as hard as you think. But that was one of our largest problems is we didn't have a battery beforehand. We wanted to get the lithium ion, yada, yada, battle born, awesome one. So I had to build this whole thing without testing the system. <laughs> and we had the ceilings up before I even tested the lights. So it was uh, it was a little stressful, but and everything ended up working out. Now, let me ask you this then. From the minute it arrived in your driveway, how long did this project take you before you were ready to take your van out on its first adventure? Um, to really start adventuring, we, we essentially built a modular setup. We didn't have the full, here's our full plan. And that was kind of our problem is, you know, we were on the road within maybe a month, six weeks. You know, we had a bed and we had little things here and there and we were able to store our bikes. But truly done, I would say probably six months. And that really isn't bad at all. Uh, but now looking back on it, is there anything you would have done differently? You know, like I said, we, we would love to have that rooftop on there. there. There's always some little thing, you know, you want to dress your van up and make it super cool. So we're like, oh, you could lift it. Um, 
But oh, one thing I did forget to say was that we put the suspension, uh, air suspension stuff on it to make the ride so much better. And that's always something that I've always heard from people is that, you know, they're questioning, how can I make the ride better? Because when we were in Oklahoma, the van, we were, the speed limit's 80 miles an hour and the van is like tilting on its side and you're turning the steering wheel, just trying to keep it on the road. And there's always just that little bit of extra comfort when you can uh, fill up those things and make it a little bit safer. Okay, flip that question around. Is there something that you really liked about your project, um, your van build? Is there something like when you swing the doors open, you can point at and say, yeah, that, that's awesome. I'm glad we did that. Yeah, we have we had the pull-out drawers for our bikes, which was pretty awesome as you're like sitting there and you're just like, let me pull out my two really expensive bikes and show everybody. I rewired the actual back half of the van. So normally the wire runs through the like the inside. I ended up putting it through the frame of the van so that it wasn't sticking out and it was behind all of our boards and stuff. So I wired speakers in and I put a backup camera. That right there, if you don't have a backup camera, you should get one because I use that every single time. <laughs> now let's switch gears a little bit and talk about some of your adventures. But uh, before we do that, just so I'm clear, uh, you travel with your fiance and your two dogs. Have you ever had anyone else tag along? We've only had one time where we had an extra third person. The bed that we built was built for two people. So there was enough room on the floor between us to actually sleep. And so we did have three people once, but it was pretty cold out. And they uh, they were like, yeah, you know, the floor gets a little cold, even with the insulation in there and everything. But we would do trips with everybody. We would go to Snowshoe all the time. And, and we have a big bike group of people. And so we would all camp out there. It's so convenient. Everybody else is setting up their tents and everything. You open your door and you put your camp chair out and you're ready to go. So it sounds like you take your van in pretty much every environment, rain, sleet, snow, that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah, we've uh, we've never been stuck yet. You know, we, we did have gotten rid of this one. And you know what? That's why we, I think we want to upgrade. <laughs> we haven't been stuck and I don't ever want to be. And, and that's a pretty fair philosophy. Um, so let's talk about it. Where, where have you taken this thing? Let's throw some darts at the map. And, and where have you gone on some adventures? We've been to Arizona, New Mexico, Georgia. PA, New York, uh, North Carolina. I, I mean, just pretty much throwing throwing the dart at the map. You know, we just were like, let's go this weekend. Let's let's take off and just go. Is that how spontaneous you are? I mean, how much planning goes into a trip to say North Carolina or wherever? Are we talking about weeks, days, hours? About seven to maybe five hours beforehand. <laughs> the fiance is just like. I really want to go on a trip today. And we're just like, all right, I'll uh, I'll uh, finish up work and uh, I'll start throwing stuff into the van and I'll see you in an hour. Well, that's a pretty big advantage for the van life thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's it's really great that you don't like I was saying, you know, everything's we had 80 percent of our stuff already in the van. It was nice that we had all our cooking utensils and stuff already in there. It wasn't something that we had to take these bins out of the house and then carry them into the van. We just had all of these things ready to go. So what's next for that aforementioned dart throw? Um, are you already planning your next adventure? Yeah, we're going to North Carolina. That is our favorite place to go. <laughs> um, we probably go there eight, nine times a year. Okay, so North Carolina is your favorite destination. Um, explain why. Why is that? The mountain biking. It's eight hours away. The beauty of it, in, you can really just park anywhere. 
it's it's so bike friendly everybody's like willing to help you out and you just can find these beautiful spots just in the middle of nature you're just driving down a road and you're like let's turn right there and you can just go camp there and it's it's stunning so you're obviously pretty big into mountain biking and hiking, but uh, did you set up your van for any other outdoorsy type activities like uh, kayaking, fishing, stuff like that? Um, that's that's really our main stuff. Our biking is how we actually met through an online dating, and I saw that she had a bike, so I asked her about it, and lo and behold, now you know that's our main thing to do. Dean, you know what I haven't asked you yet? Um, how long have you been doing this? Um, is this something recent, or have you been into the van life for a while? It's about almost three years now, I would say. I think it's about three years. And you owned your custom-built van for about two years, correct? Yeah, we had it for about two. But, you know, like I was saying, you know, we would take the car out and we'd go camping and everything. And then once we got the dog, we hate leaving him at my parents' house and we'd love him to come with us. So that was kind of the whole... We need to take the dog with us. <laughs> In regard to, to building a custom van or going on these van adventures, what would you have loved to know earlier before you really got into this stuff? Or ask that question another way. Uh, what do you want to tell folks that are uh, just dipping their toes in the van life waters? I would say look into the electrical a little bit before you start diving in and know what your design is. Have a pretty open design of what you want the finished product to look like. As we built ours modularly, it kind of went together and everything did fit the way we wanted. But if we were to do it again, we would want everything kind of planned out previously instead of kind of piece in this piece and this piece went together. And yeah, it all it, it's an amazing van and it, it was really great. But I would we would love to have it a full setup design before we kind of had it started building it. And just in case folks missed it the first time around, what kind of year make model was it? We had a 2012 Mercedes Sprinter. It was the diesel also, yeah. And those vans are still available new from the dealer, right? You can still get the Mercedes Sprinter, yeah. All right, so I've asked this question before in a couple of different ways, but I'm going to ask it again just, just to kind of drive home some points. Dean, hop in your Wayback Machine and put yourself in your shoes uh, three, four, five years ago. What would you tell yourself, or really anybody with that outdoorsy inclination, about this hobby, about the van life? And what resources are out there available to help someone learn about it? I, honestly, I, I guarantee they probably follow somebody on Instagram. And you can literally just message them. They, I would say 95% of the people will say, hey, this is what I did. And they'll, they'll kind of let you know what's going on. Just have that plan. Make your spreadsheet and just throw a bunch of stuff. You might not use it all. But having those plans is really helpful. And being able to ask everybody in van life, it, it, it's just so helpful that everybody's willing to kind of talk to you about it and say, hey, I know you want to do this, but this is a really great way to do it. How do you find out where to go? How do you uh, research a destination? So my fiance is the uh, person that has all the apps and everything. I wish I could say, yeah, oh, I, I know exactly where we're going. She either tells me to turn left or go straight, and we end up there. <laughs> so we've already been talking for, for well over 20 minutes on the, on the van life thing. And now's the point in the interview, Dean, where I'm, I'm just going to spin the microphone around to you. What topics haven't we covered? What topics do we need to cover? What, did, what do you want to tell folks out there listening about the van life? I, I, I can talk to you all day about it, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it's something so fun. You know, oh, the, the, another big thing, I guess, thinking about it is that when we were building it, 
it was kind of nice to feel out you know you're going to be in this tight section with the other person if you're going with somebody else you're going to be right next to this person for 24 hours of the day you, you know when you're at home you can somebody can sit on the couch and somebody can go outside in the van you're right next to them all day long so during the whole build it was really nice that we could kind of feel out everything like we understood each other a lot better we knew that hey this was going on and we could talk through it and it was nice to kind of feel out what van life was going to be like with those stressful situations when you're trying to hold five steel beams in the air and they're like, well, just staple it up. Or <laughs> There is one more topic I want to touch on before we close up shop here, and that is that uh, you're a gearhead too, right? You alluded to, to some engine work you did on your van and certainly working for Summit Racing uh, gives you the ability to talk to people that have a lot of industry know-how on, on, on how to build this project. I mean, I've always had a nag for, you know, engines and stuff, and I've rebuilt a couple cars here and there. It, it definitely helped because, you know, I had people here who I've been able to talk to and kind of be like, hey, you know, like we got Kevlar lace tires because one of the guys was like, yeah, you need these tires. And it, it, it all comes down to, you know, just being able to talk to people. And so that's why I think the Instagram talking to everybody is really helpful because somebody will set, tell you, hey, I got these Kevlar tires because I was out in the middle of nowhere with no cell service and had a hole in my tire. Yeah, I'm no expert on van life, but I'm pretty sure a hole in the tire would put a stop to your adventure. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, that will put a stop to this episode. We've been talking with Dean Casanova from Summit Racing all about his van life adventures. So we will say goodbye. Dean, thank you so much for joining us. Happy to do it, yeah. This has been the On All Cylinders podcast. Powered by Summit Racing. Check out new episodes coming soon at onallcylinders.com. Onallcylinders.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.